powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. A goal that wasn't leaves a city wondering what could have been. Welcome, everyone, to Game Over Calgary, the swearing edition. I'm Peter. He's Audie. Uh, and we have a lot to get to. I don't even have a clever segue to get into the sponsor read. So uh, shout out Sports Interaction. The Battle of Alberta is now done. Um, how will the Oilers do in the Western Conference Finals? Ask our friends over at Sports Interaction. You're going to hate watch it anyway. You may as well put some money on it. Doing it right since 1997. That part was improvised. Uh, doing it right since 1997, Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. With the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out before the game starts, live in play, or how your favorite player will perform. Maybe you want to dabble in soccer after seeing a goal get kicked in. See all sports betting has to offer. Join now at sportsinteraction.com SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com SDPN. 19 years and older. Please play it responsibly. Um, so, Audie, that happened. Um, I guess. Holy. Sh- uh, where, we, where, where, where would you like to start with this one, sir? <laughs> yeah. Where would you like to begin? Well, you know, I thought the penalty kill was great tonight. Um, the, I'm just going to do the, the old reporter question. Audie, thoughts? Oh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot. And, you know, going uh, like thinking about watching this game and and how we were going to run this show and just thinking about as this game went along, I was like, I had all these really good things that I wanted to talk about. And, you know, I'm like, damn, like they, they, they take the lead here. And then all of a sudden, what? So I don't know. I'm still really just trying to process it. There's a lot of things that I have on my mind in terms of what we just witnessed. Um, But I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses because like, they put themselves in this position to be on the brink of elimination and have their series end tonight. The fact that it came down to that is Bush league. It is, it is Bush league. Like what a fucking embarrassment to the league. That is the biggest BS call I have ever seen in my life. What a joke for a series to come down to that and end on that. I I don't even like, I can't even comprehend it. And I know Damn well, when I look down at this phone, there are going to be <laughs> Oilers fans on Oilers fans on Oilers fans trolling the crap yeah. out of me in the chat, which is fine. I, I've got thick skin. I can take it. But you cannot tell me that on one skate being pushed from behind that Blake Coleman w- put his only skate that he was touching the ice with in a kicking motion to put a puck that was already going in in. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm just, I, there's a lot of things in case you couldn't tell. Right. Uh, there's just, there's a, there was a lot going on in this game and for it to have it end like that. I'm sorry for the rant and the ramble, but to have it end like that is amateur hour. The league mm-hmm. is a goddamn embarrassment. Like what a Bush league call. I am so rattled right now. It's a, couple, a couple of thoughts. A couple of thoughts. One, I love that you dropped an f bomb and then censored yourself by saying BS right after. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's that kind of night, it's right? Yeah, that exactly. kind of night. Like, we're, we're going from R to PG thirteen. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, it, it's going just a roller coaster. It's just that's um, all this. Yeah, but you're right. The because that there is going to be a lot of like what the hell in in this conversation. So I do want to just like right off the top with the, the the caveats yes if you do not want one call to cost you your season don't fall behind three to one for sure have your goalie make i wanted to disclaim and, that first because yeah. i knew we were going to hear it yeah don't fall behind three one have your goalie make a save score again in overtime like th- this is every time i make fun of cubs fans for using the bartman game as an excuse when they still had game seven uh that they could have won it in that the, all, all of that like yes i am fully aware that being said, that was an awful call. And honestly, like, first of all, I don't think he meant to kick it in. Uh, I think that it cut, I think when you slow it down, what happens looks like it's the intended reaction because that's what happens. Like it's, it's not like all of a sudden his foot's going to shoot the other way one time. Like you are looking at a slowed down version of a thing that happened. So everything that is in there looks like it's intentional and looks like it is supposed to happen. I don't care 
if he meant to or not. That's not what the rule is. It is a distinct kicking motion. The reason the rule is in place is so you don't have a bunch of people waving around knives in a, a crease area where there's a goalie there trying to make a save. Like it's, it is to keep all the skates like down. That's why you don't have, that's why you can't allow a kicking motion there. We see hundreds of goals go in off of skates all the time. For them to be disallowed, you have to be kicking it. That was not a kick. That was at most an aggressive redirect. And even then, eh. So that, that is the part that is so frustrating to me is that we see all the time, even guys who are pulling up to stop and the puck just hits their skate and goes in. It's, oh, well, he was trying to stop. This one, you have his one foot being occupied by getting tied up with Smith, his other foot being knocked into by Cody Cece. And somehow we believe that Blake Alfonso Davies Coleman has the wherewithal to be able to kick that puck into the net. Um, and, and look, maybe he does. These guys are the, the 1% of the 1% that they are uncommon human beings amongst uncommon human beings. I fully understand that. My main point is I don't care if he meant to or not. That's not the rule. It does. There in nowhere does it say a player must not knowingly guide the puck into the net with his foot. It's that you can't kick the fucking thing. That's the rule. So Oh, that's that is the part that bugs the hell out of me so much is that it wasn't a distinct kicking motion. So I don't care what he meant to do. No. And it was great discussion on the panel, too. I'll Uh give uh, I'll give a lot of credit there, especially uh, when we get to see Freege and Ron McLean absolutely gang up and try to dunk on Bieksa because he (laughs) was team. He was team. It was kicked in. And just like thinking about and talking about this, this, this. This disallowed goal is just like giving such 04. It was in vibes, and I hate it. It's yeah. uh, it's it's not feeling good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was yeah, it was just a thing. We yeah. talk about it all series. Of it was just what was this? This was a thing. This was a thing. Um, I I don't have many more words for it uh, yeah. other than. You know, I, I it was not a, in the fact that it took them so long to deliberate clearly meant that I don't think they had a conclusive mm-hmm. read on it, uh, which would then make me believe that the call on the ice stands. If you can't, if you don't have 100 percent conclusive, you know, data or evidence, then the call on the ice stands every single time. But when I tell you I spat out my drink when the official went to center ice and said, we have no goal on the play. I knew, I knew that was it. Like as, as bad as that is for me as a fan, I knew that was it. I'm like, this, this is going to be that one thing that everybody looks back on in this series and says, what the hell this is, this, this changed the dynamic of everything. And I'm not saying that I I had the flames coming back and pushing this thing to seven and winning it in seven. But it at least makes this series interesting, and the Flames did not deserve that fate. They deserved, Mm -hmm. uh, at least in this game, I'm not talking about the series, in this game, the Calgary Flames deserved a much better fate than whatever the hell it was the league was trying to push by disallowing that goal. (laughs) Frank. Uh I did. For the record, I don't think there's a league-wide conspiracy that they need Edmonton in the playoffs. No, I don't think so. I I, I understand. There's Yeah. a couple of things like I, I just a video replay should always be a minute and a half. If you don't have anything and I'm, I would be saying this if this if the roles were completely reversed, I've been saying it for forever. If you don't have the answers in a minute and a half, then it's inconclusive and we move on with our lives. Anything yeah. beyond that, it, it, you're just you're, you're looking right. Um, the one thing I will say and the, the counter to it, and maybe that this can kind of spin off into another direction, although I'm sure the chat has a thing or 80 to say about this. There's a, f- there's a few. We have the one uh, thing. The one thing lot. I was hoping was that in game four, the Oilers are met with quite a bit of adversity on like Edmonton has the lead. The flames have come back and now they've tied the game on a goal that should never have happened. Like Mm -hmm. on a a weird dip from center ice and the Oilers just came out and just kept playing as if nothing happened, took over and won that game. Anyway, that is what I was hoping the flames would do. Like I was like, okay, we just saw Edmonton deal with this adversity. How is Calgary going to deal with it now? I don't think they handled it poorly, but I don't think they handled it exceptionally either. No, they pressed a little bit there and and it made it, you know, they they made it interesting at least. There were a couple opportunities or a couple chances the other way that, you know, weren't grade A chances or weren't high danger chances by any stretch, but mm-hmm. definitely 
opportunities nonetheless. But yeah, that, I think that's probably part of the frustration too for me is, you know, you get that disallowed goal. That should be like a huge spark, you would think, to uh, to come back and, and get that one back. I think it was, uh, where which series was it? It might have been the Tampa-Toronto series where a goal was disallowed. I think a Tampa goal was disallowed and they came back and scored like 27 seconds later or something. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting oh, them. Tampa and um, Tampa had two disallowed goals against Florida. Um, oh yeah. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. Just th- this was recent. Yeah. Yeah. And they came, but still like even then it's like yeah. the good teams will find a way. Oh, and uh, and it, it's fine to get the timeline wrong. The first period of this game feels like it was five weeks ago. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this, this, this series definitely dragged on. Not that that's a bad thing. This was a, no, this was a crazy series. And quite frankly, like I'll be brutally honest and transparent with everybody who's watching and you as well. The better team won this series in terms of who like, it's no question. The Edmonton Oilers were the better team through all five games for the most part. Um, So I don't want to discredit them and I don't want to make it sound like we're complete total homers here. We do. We are pretty logical hockey fans when it comes down to, uh, the nitty gritty of it. But like I said, it's just like that the flames deserved such a better fate mm-hmm. in this game. I'm not saying the series in this game, than you know, what ended up happening. So, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm upset because like, I've enjoyed doing these shows and now, Oh, me too. Uh, game over Calgary uh, is, is not going to necessarily be a thing. Series over Calgary. This may not be the last uh, game over stuff for the, the playoffs. Bump, wink, bump, wink, bump. wink, wink. Um, but uh, yes, now to the uh, the, the chat. Oh, the lovely thing that we call <laughs> the chats. Um, so this is a good point. The precedent is that you cannot hit or sorry, you can hit the puck in with your foot as long as it's not a distinct kicking motion. Where was the distinct distinct kicking motion? Yeah. Reaching out your foot is not nobody a knows. Kicking motion. Yeah, no. nobody like no, we can't answer that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, so that, so just so I'm clear, like, does that go back? That goes back to the situation room. It's yes. not the it's not the officials on the ice that end up inevitably turning overturning that call. So everybody's saying Wes McCauley with another bad call or another turned over call. It really wasn't Wes McCauley that made that call, uh, right? Or is it partial? I, I, like, uh, yeah, that I I will admit I don't necessarily know. Yeah, I don't know on that one. I'm yeah, not sure. I know they were looking like everyone's looking at it. So well, I'm not you sure. you get that one shot of the guy with. 1500 screens in front of him. And I, yeah. and I don't know if he's the guy who makes that call or if it's, it's always hilarious when they have the, the one TV that has like the TV feeds on it and then they cut to that. And it's yeah, just and an he- infinite loop of shots going down. <laughs> I always, I thought that, that was great, but yeah, it's like, I don't know if maybe someone in chat knows they can let us know, but yeah, it's, I'm not exactly sure uh, how that one. So here's a question it says, when it comes to Johnny Gaudreau, what are your thoughts on his effort in OT skating past dry expecting the puck would exit the zone? How much would his next contract be? Uh, they clarified that they're also a lease fan, by the way. So they have no, no horse in this race, but um, I'm assuming you're talking about that one play. I don't know if it was in overtime or if it was just at the end of the third period there where Gaudreau, and I think it was Hyman, he kind of just backs off yeah. in the defensive zone. Or, do you remember that play? Yep. He backs off and, and they just beeline it. It might have been dry saddle. I can't exactly remember. The, but, the thing with Gaudreau, like, he's never going to get a Selkie vote in his life. We, we know no. this. Like, it's it's not, like, to be perfectly honest, even if he just bodied up on Leon Dreisaitl, I don't know if it's making a whole lot of difference either way. Um, we, we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit of the offseason conversation because yeah. this is the point where we're at now with the Flames because the mm-hmm. season's over. Um, but the, the Johnny Gaudreau conversation is really, really interesting to me because I, I thought he was good in this game. And I thought, once again, he and Lindholm were good, but they were dragging an anchor around with Matthew Kachuk, who also <laughs> needs another contract. And that one is almost more fascinating to me because yep. of different dynamics in play with that one as well. So, yeah, well, we'll get into the offseason stuff. I want to make sure we cover this game in the series first before of we course, get uh, of a course. further into that. But no, that's it's a good point because he is a 200-foot player. He is not. No, no, definitely not. And uh, like you said, we'll get into it more. Okay, so they another one here from Jacob saying, I don't get why Coleman even touched that puck. It was going in and making a gray area play to begin with was unnecessary. Uh, that last little flick of the foot cost you guys that game. And where I don't disagree with you, I just want to raise you the point that that play, like we watched, and, and you made a great point of this, Peter, before, was 
we watch in slow motion. And it seems like he had all the time in the world to figure out what the hell he was going to do, you know, while he had who was it? CC behind him or yeah. CC was pushing him in. Yes. Yeah, he had behind a, him, yeah. a skate hooked around Mike Smith and the puck was already going in. That all happens in real time like this, right? Mm-hmm. We watched the replay and it's, it's slowed right down and down, right down. He probably didn't even have a chance to really think about it because, you know, he's moving in three different directions and he's got, he's skating on one, on one leg. Yeah. So we I see guys what, who put pucks that have already been in the net back into the net just to make sure. Exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. So while I don't disagree because yeah, the puck was going in, if he was able to just, I don't know, do the splits midair and, and not, you know, get his skate on that puck. Yeah. It would be a different, maybe be a different game, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I put that one all on him. Yeah. Either way, they got the call wrong. So um just quickly yeah. um i looked up the rule the, the exact verbiage of the rule so i wanted to make sure i wasn't getting it wrong right. uh, a goal cannot be scored by an attacking player who uses a distinct kicking motion to propel the puck into the net with his skate slash foot a goal cannot be scored by an attacking player who kicks a puck that def- uh, deflects into the net off of any player goalkeeper or official so again it's distinct kicking motion it's not it hit it hit a skate and went in which is what i think happened on this play um, so yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, anything yeah. else from the chat? Sorry. <laughs> um, Andrew confirming that Rick Dollywall said, uh, Tanev played with a torn labrum, separated shoulder and had a sprained neck. Jeez. Uh, so that that's that. Um, and then he follows that up with perhaps he should not have played, which would also be very true. Although I don't think he was bad tonight, despite no. playing with, with half an arm and 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 no neck uh i don't think he played terrible tonight um but yeah that's that's bad and a lot of people are saying too that um they wouldn't be surprised if we end up finding out that markstrom was playing injured what are your thoughts on that like very uncharacteristic series for him yeah like we we know my working theory is that he's back like that, that is what and I'm I working agree with. To. But when that Hyman shot squeaked through him on, we were talking about up here before, I think it was the 2-2 goal. Um, I, I was in such a, oh my God, I can't believe what just happened state. I left my notebook out in the, the, the living room, so I apologize. But the, the one goal, we all know which one it is. It's a three-on-one Hyman shoots. It gets through Markstrom. It gets poked in um, and off to the races, Edmonton goes. That just cannot happen. That, like that, that type of a goal simply cannot happen. I don't care how tired you are. I don't care... Honestly, if you can't stop that, you shouldn't be playing. So um, maybe we find out there's an injury. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people mentioning the glove hand, if it happened to be broken, I don't know if a lot of people would gasp in shock and awe. So that that could definitely be one. I I wonder if we're going to get one on Toffoli because he was nowhere tonight. He sent out that stretch pass attempt to Gaudreau in overtime, and that's the first time they mentioned him the whole night. So I wonder if uh, we get one from him. Um, while you're looking at the, the the chat, we are getting a few quotes coming out right now. Um, I haven't seen anything on the, the disallowed goal just yet, but uh, Daryl Sutter was asked if the best team won the series, and he said the best player won the series, huh. which seems accurate. It's, it does, and, and the way that this series ended on his stick. Who And by the way, Connor McDavid, up until that point, I think looked human tonight again. Um, the matchup, yeah. the matchup on that, that Coleman, it was a Coleman Lewis and Backland line, which was, which was interesting to see, uh, Lewis bumped up there, but they played that line damn near perfect mm-hmm. through 60, whatever minutes it was up until that goal. Um, but yeah, he, he was off the score sheet until that last goal. And, and like I said, looked human. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I necessarily buy that narrative either because, as much as again we hate pumping his tires, Evander Kane had himself a whale of a series. I think Zach Hyman yeah. was one of the well, he was probably one of, if not the best players in this whole series. Um, and Dry was just Dry right? So, well, and I don't know if I buy the narrative so much that this was just the Connor McDavid show. Mm-hmm. That's the that that is one of the frustrating things about this series is like if we're going down and just ranking skaters from best to worst, I think. The four you just mentioned go ahead of anyone else that the Flames had. And that's without a reason to doubt. And that's me saying that Michael Backlund had a hell of a series and this is the best I've ever seen him play. But he wasn't McDavid, he wasn't Dry Subtle, he wasn't Hyman, he wasn't Kane. And mm-hmm. that 
we, we knew going in the, the Oilers had the best guy, but we thought the Flames, especially with the injury Drysaddle was dealing with, the Flames could have had the next best four. And that's the advantage that they had. And credit Edmonton, they didn't give Calgary that advantage. Um, one more quote here. This one from Daryl Sutter at the press conference. I'm getting these from Eric Francis's tweets. I don't think I need to attribute that, but just letting you all know. Um, depends what you call a distinct kicking motion. If somebody is on the ground and you lift your foot up and kick them in the head, that's a distinct kicking motion. If you slide your foot around the ground, it's not a distinct kicking motion. So Daryl Sutter is uh, on my team on this one. Yeah, no, I'm just glad to see that the, the head coach agrees there. Uh, any other any other good quotes yet? It sounds like Daryl's the only one that's at the podium so far. Yeah, uh, normally the players go first, but they might. Uh, I think they need a minute. Um, yeah, I would. I would too. Maybe maybe we'll we'll keep uh, the Francis feed up there and yeah, and see uh, see what um, franchise has to say. Um, going to chat quickly while while we wait more for mm-hmm. that. Uh, ESPN panel uh, weeks and Chelios. By the way. I had the volume off on the ESPN panel, and I definitely, at first glance, thought that was Adnan Verk. I did not. <laughs> That's an easy mistake to make, though. Yep. So he would he would understand. Uh, and they all thought it was a good goal. So more uh, validation there if if, if you needed it, uh, Flames fans. Uh, Arcade Regiment, my buddy Phil says that kick was inconclusive at best, which I think a lot of uh, a lot of people would probably agree with you on that yeah. one. Um. Coleman takes a long pause before answering this. This is now directly from Eric Francis. Uh, yep. Coleman takes a long pause before answering whether he agrees with the call, says he doesn't understand the rule as he opened his skate blade, but made no kicking motion. I just have to say that's a veteran move there because not everyone is thinking, boy, I'm going to get fined $10,000 if I say anything. So hmm, in the heat of the moment like that. So Blake Coleman, veteran presence at the true pro. Yeah, yeah, true pro there. <laughs> um Sorry, hold on. Let's see here. Yeah, a lot of people just saying the Coleman should have never touched the puck is what it is at this point. He's uh, crashing I, the net looking for a rebound and the puck squirts free. Like that, that is that is literally the exact thing he's looking for. So, the, like in hindsight, yeah. yes, no, he shouldn't have. But um yeah, I, I can't fault the man for doing no, his job on that. No, no, you can't either. Uh an Oilers fan chiming and saying that goal should have counted. Uh, they don't see a distinct kicking motion. That one coming from Brett. So Interesting to see uh, some of the other uh, the other side of it. So um, but, but let's see here. The Flames let the Oilers dictate the first four games. It honestly shouldn't have gone five to begin with, in my opinion. It took them till game five to play their game. Then they lose. That one's coming from the Armchair GM podcast uh, YouTube uh, comment there. So that I can agree with. We I think that's yeah. something that you and I have, have said early on, especially in this, this episode, is that you know we're not we're not here to make excuses it's a very shitty way to end this game and to end this series um but that doesn't discredit the fact that you know the flames put themselves in a in a position to lose this series in 5 yeah. um and yeah you can't you can't take that away that's just the it's just a fact uh the flames pretty much did this to themselves yeah th- this is like obviously um, when you look back at like heartbreaking losses, Oh, four, um, it is kind of up there, but again, that's a weird situation. Cause you talked to some of the players about it after it's like, yeah, we had no idea because mm-hmm. th- that was a, that was a random TV zoomed in, whatever this one was in front of God and everybody. And it, it's just like, it's right there. The only one that's comparable for me. And I now understand that I I'm pissing off both fan bases involved in this, but, um, given my Canadian football league alliances, uh, from where I'm born in Saskatchewan, uh, the rough riders losing in Oh nine, um, with the, the too many men on the field thing and people saying, Oh, the referees cost the riders it's like, uh, or one call cost the riders. It's like, I don't know. No, 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 no. The riders left themselves in a spot where Montreal could kick a field goal in a football game. And that's what happened here. The flames left themselves in a spot that if Blake Coleman happened to kick the game winning puck into the net Edmonton could take advantage. Now, get the call right, 100% get the call right, but the Flames shouldn't have been in this spot to begin with. And that was something we talked about all series long, whether it was um, the top line not playing the way that we thought they would, the defense not playing the way we thought they would, Markstrom not playing the, the way we thought he would, or Connor McDavid playing exactly the way we thought he would. There was a number of things that maybe could have been adjusted sometime before the 517 mark or whatever it was in the third period when Blake Coleman did the damn thing. So that, that I think that that can't be lost in this discussion is that the, the flames, did they get jobbed in this? Yeah, I think they did. 
but there's a lot of steps that got there before we got to such a, a heartbreaking conclusion to an otherwise fantastic season. Yeah. And I'll preface to, I know there's a few people probably listening who know this about me. I hate, hate, hate using the referee excuse. Yeah. Like I hate blaming officiating. I know how difficult of a job it is. And I know that they are the first people to be the punching bag and all that stuff. So I don't want this to sound like I'm acting out of character by blaming the refs or blaming, you know, officiating for this one. That's kind of why I wanted to preface with all this stuff about, you know, you shouldn't be in this situation to begin with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So let's see here. <laughs> Lots of, co- I'm not even close to caught up here. <laughs> I'm just going to scroll down. Uh, this one, <laughs> good one from an Oilers fan. I'll read it because it makes me laugh. That's yeah, fun. Salty, but oh, so good. Flames tears. My favorite way to start the day. Uh, real do in real time. You can actually see the kick. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have different definitions of kick. That's just yeah. like, it's again, we, we can, if you want to argue intent, that's fine. Intent doesn't matter. He didn't kick the thing. He guided it. Uh, this it one sounds from- like I'm being semantic, but I'm like that. This is well, it is, have- but it's but it's legit. Like right you when, when you have rules in yeah. place, you have to go by the literal definition of those rules, and the literal definition is distinct kicking motion. Thusly, that was not. Does a distinct kicking motion not infer that like is a kick? Someone find the definition of what a kick is. Does you not have to wind up for a kick? Like I think, I think of, there like- has to be a follow through. I don't know if there necessarily has to be a wind up. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, like a follow through or like some kind of, I don't know. I'm not trying to like, I it just can't justify it. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, now, now we're getting into it because a kick is to strike or propel forcibly with the foot, but we're looking for distinct kicking motion, which is different than so. just a kick. So it's that that was not a distinct kicking motion. Like you just, you can't, you cannot convince me of that. That's not me being salty. That's not me being whatever. We, we see goals with, less or with more of a distinct kicking motion allowed in this league. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> this one coming from 97 is God. I wonder where their allegiance is lie. <laughs> uh, stop talking about the disallowed goal. Markstrom was garbage for five games, period. Hashtag 97 is God. Um, love the hashtag, yeah. <laughs> by the way. And the fact that you signed off with it. Um, yeah. You know what? <sighs> It's hard to pin this whole series on Markstrom, and we can kind of shift gears a little bit because I do think yeah. we've beaten the, the the kicked disallowed goal to death right. here. Yeah, I'd Markstrom- say we've kicked it into the ground. <laughs> that we have. <laughs> um, to to blame or pin this one on Markstrom completely, and I saw a lot of this on Twitter today. I was getting, going back and forth with a few Flames fans who were saying along the same lines of thinking that this series has been 100% on Markstrom. I can't disagree anymore with that. If you know, you look at the way the Flames played in front of him through five games, it's pretty clear that sure, Markstrom was not fantastic and yeah. did not play well. He played just about as well as he has all year against the Oilers, or how, how he's played historically against the Oilers. But like, they there there was no run support to use a baseball term. The def like the our, the blue line was just like abysmal. Yeah. And to put to pin this one solely on him is a scapegoat. And quite frankly, I won't have any part of that because that's how you like, I, I hate bringing up like the Leafs fan base and trashing them because of uh, where our, our network allegiances lie. But look at a guy like James Reimer who got run out of town for, you know, everybody blaming shit on him. And he was the fucking communal punching bag for years and years and years or I don't even know how long it was. That's how invested I am with the fan base, but everybody knew that James Reimer was the punching bag. He took abuse online. I don't know. It's not all yeah. about that, but it's like, you can't pin it all on one guy. No, like those I, years, the Leafs stunk too. Yeah. The I Leafs do think stunk that and Reimer was bad. I do think that if you, if you blame this all on Markstrom, you are whistling by the graveyard a little bit. Um, yeah. I will say he had the most power to change it though. You know, like if, if right. he is on, then a lot of those things that we list off don't matter, right? Like, yes, the, the blue line was bad. If Markstrom is better, that doesn't matter. Now, you can also say if the blue line's better, then it doesn't matter how bad Markstrom is. Like, obviously, this is a team sport, but Markstrom 
he he was I don't think he was the biggest part of the problem, but he was in no way part of the solution. I don't think right. I don't think some of this should be put on him like the the game that Kane scored his hat trick. They, they scored four goals from like nine feet out like that. That's just yeah. that that is poor defense. And mm-hmm. you're right. Like the offense disappeared once again, aside from a hat trick in game one, when everyone loved Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk was nowhere to be found. Right. Um, I, I thought he was a liability once again in this game. Uh, Tyler DeFoley. Uh, all apologies. I, I know we're, we're big Tower to Foley fans in here. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> to, to fully look like he was hurt. Yarncroft decided to show up in the final game of the regular season and completely throw Beasley off. But I... I, <laughs> I sounded like, confused, eh? Side note. Yeah. Beasley was like, how do I say this guy's name? Man, I, I've been there where it's like, I, I know a lot about this. And then you have to say it for the first time. It's like, oh, my face has never made this sound before. This is yeah. weird. Um, so that's... <laughs> I, I can see where that is coming from. But it's like, there, there were so many guys who just didn't step up in this game. And quite frankly, like I, I kind of, in my mind, after the Dallas series, they, they have won the series. They have slayed the dragon. They are on to the second round. Now these play, they know how to play in the playoffs now. And then for five games, they proved me wrong. This did yes. not look like a team that was ready in any way, mentally, physically, whatever else that looked ready for a, a second round playoff matchup. Did this look like a team that had finally got over the hump of beating a seven seed and now had to play the real boys in the real games and it didn't go well for them. I, it concerns me greatly how overmatched this flames team looked against like of the three teams that are left in the West. I think the Oilers are third. And yeah. that again, that's not a shot in the Oilers. They just kicked no, the it's... flames for five games. They, I, yeah. I, and Everyone stepped up. I was so impressed by a number of players. I'm going to trade for Fogel on every NHL 22 team I have from now on. The dude was incredible. Yeah, and he was Hyman great. was awesome. And McLeod played a great role. I'm happy that Kelly Rudy brought him up. Like there, I, I will give all of the Oilers all of their flowers. I think they get their teeth kicked in by Colorado in the next series or by St. Louis. And that's the thing that concerns me now about the Flames as we start to look a little bit forward, as we start to get ready for a rather impactful offseason. It's yeah. like, yes. We have now got over the, the the hump that the Flames can beat the bottom portion of the Stanley Cup playoff bracket, but that that's that's not the goal. The goal is that big shiny thing at the end of the rainbow, and it it really seems like they're far away from that right now, and that that concerns me. Yeah, it, and I think if you talk to a lot, and you know this the fl- the fan base for the Flames, I find is is like fifty fifty, like at least some of the people I see on Twitter who were just like happy to be here in the playoffs where it's like, for me, it was like, and I don't want to say cup or bust pretty close to that, but at least a conference finals or bust. Um, I think this team had everything, you know, lined up properly to get that done. And then to just piss it all away and not show up and talking about not showing up. You talked about Matthew Kachuk. This one from let's go ice in the, in the comments here. Kachuk since game two, one point, a dash six, 11 shots, eight hits, three giveaways, and only one blocked shot. So the stat line of something you would expect from maybe Milan Lucic yep. or Brett Ritchie, uh, not, not, not a player who plays in your top six, let alone one of the best lines in the NHL for you know the entirety of this season. So to say I was... I was, I'm disappointed in him. I think is a bit of an understatement. He just didn't look invested or I like, I wouldn't even be surprised if they said he was hurt too. I kind of hope they do just so that it's like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Cause make it make sense is what yeah. I'm trying to get at here. Cause that's not, it's very uncharacteristic. Like I've said before of, uh, of what we've come to see from Matthew Kachuk this year. And it's frustrating, man. Like, yeah, we know how it's- this, how this guy can be. It seemed like he was more focused on being a shit disturber than he was being a, a productive NHL player. And if you if you want to be that, that's fine. You can get $3 million a year and, and you can be that dude. But if you want to be the guy who put up 100 points in the regular season and is now relied upon in the postseason, you kind of got to focus a little bit. It's like you, you, if if you want to go out and do all the fun stuff, you got to finish your homework first. So if you, if you want to, if you want to go crash, bing, bang, boom, and, and get in, in everyone's faces and make comments about train tracks and, and Zach Cassian, that's fine. I'm going to need to put up more than one point in the last four games of a pretty important series. And if you don't at least be noticeable. And he wasn't like that's I, yeah, a, a lot, honestly, a lot of my opinion on Matthew Kachuk changed. And I know that's unfair because it's five games, but it's, these are the these are the games that you get judged on. And it's 
Is it fair? Probably not that you throw away 89 good games and five. That's what you, you base a whole lot of things on, but this is the time of year where everything is magnified. This is the time of year where you are supposed to step up that this is the, the, the lights are brighter. The crowd is louder. The pregame show takes a little bit longer or a lot longer. Don't start at seven 50, but you, you have all of these things going on. You are facing a team that now gets to focus on just you instead of, in the middle of a card game, flying from one time zone to another, figuring, hey, what are we going to do with the Flames? I don't know. Do the same thing we always do. You, you now have teams specifically game planning for you, and this is where the best of the best break through, and no one on the Flames did, and that is a very big problem. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Let's let's get into a couple comments here, and then mm-hmm. I kind of want to segue into something that I wanted to bring up to uh, to you. Yeah, um, sure. So a lot of Oilers fans not impressed with your... Uh, Avs or Blues will kick Oilers' teeth in comments. Uh, do you know how the Oilers played versus those two teams this year? Did you not That's, hear everything I just said about the difference between regular season and postseason? That would that would be the, uh, the, the respectful answer. Let's go with that one. Um, if you think uh, St. Louis or Colorado going to kick Edmonton teeth, Edmonton's teeth in, you're uh, wrong. You're sadly mistaken. Oilers have got some something special cooking. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Just refer back to what, uh, what Peter was just talking about, uh, talking about there. Um, I think people who underestimate this coming from Andrew are our good boy there. Uh, I, th- I think people who underestimate the Oilers are now, or now are making a mistake. Smith worries me, but Connor is on a damn mission. Yeah, I could, I, I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Uh, Connor, Connor McDavid is on another level. He's shattering records and doing yeah. it like and he's... now now he kind of has his signature moment right like he he has his he just like he has an overtime goal to win a series against the calgary flames in the battle of alberta right like yeah that 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 is the stuff that legends are made of um and like that this is the type of playoff run where you go from being oh he's a great player to oh this is one of the greatest of all time it, it's when it's when these things are, are going on and again i i think edmonton played really really well i just I think there's another level. And that that was, again, it was more a, a, a slight at the Calgary Flames that, hey, you couldn't even get past this level. And there's still at least one other like boss you have to get through that. That just that concerns me greatly from a Flames perspective. Uh, this one saying, I don't think that take is being fair to Dubé, who I thought played spectacular defense and was more than due for a goal. Uh, I would have to I would have to ask you to clarify which take you're talking about, because. I don't think we mentioned uh, much about Dylan Dubé. Unless yeah, I, I thought Dubé had a fine series. Um, I think he but, did too. I don't think he played awful, but I don't no. think he was great. Yeah. Um, the best flame was Backlund. And like I, I think Gaudreau played fine. I think Dubé played fine. That's... That's uh, Coleman, 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 was, really Coleman was good. Coleman yeah. had a great playoff, I think. Uh, through the first round and uh, into this one too, so mm-hmm. um, that's about it. Uh, this is this is an interesting one that we can maybe segue into here, and it comes again from uh, Arcade Regiment saying, "What's Calgary's first move this off season?" Which is oh, a good segue boy. into kind of what lies next. And on a, quickly before that, too, also not very impressed with. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed this series. Before we move on to. Uh, after post post season stuff or post yeah. playoff stuff, uh, wasn't overly impressed with Daryl Sutter this series. No, um, he, I, I can I can say now. I know before I said that he wasn't really getting out coached. Just seemed that Woodcroft was doing everything opposite, and it was working. Which now that I look at it was a hundred percent just him out coaching Daryl Sutter. I was just trying to find a way to uh, somehow <laughs> defend the man, but there's no defending it. He he just definitely yeah. uh, he he lost that battle too. Yeah, no, I agree. And also shout out to Woodcroft who before he started his press conference gave a shout out to uh, Chris Snow, um, who we all know from the the Snowy Strong campaigns, uh, Flames assistant general manager who um, is just a, an unbelievably inspiring battle right now at the LS. So uh, shout out to Woodcroft for the shout out yeah. for, uh, for, for Chris Snow. But no, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I don't think Daryl had a very good series at all from no. um, the, the utilization of the fourth line that was out there way too much against Connor McDavid. And hey, just a quick side note here, because they did adjust to that. Did you notice that after they figured out, hey, maybe we shouldn't play that fourth line against this top line? Do you notice that Connor McDavid all of a sudden had a few less of those highlight reel moments? Just a thought. 
Um, so I, I thought they went away from that way too easily. I thought it was too much of, well, Tanev is playing, so we're just going to use Tanev as if he was Tanev. And now we found out his arm was literally dragging on the ground while his neck was being ripped apart. So maybe he didn't have to be out there on the penalty kill. No, I'm I'm with you. I didn't think Daryl had a, a very good series at all. Um, I, I guess we are going to transition now into the uh, season over Calgary portion of, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, of the program. The first move for the Flames. This is totally cop out. You have to at least figure out what you are doing with Johnny Gaudreau. My, I, and I honestly, because I, I knew that this was a possibility that this was going to be the show we were doing tonight. Mm-hmm. I have been thinking about this for a while and I still don't know where I land on this because he is an excellent player. And this is the first series where I don't think it was his fault that the Flames lost. Like he, I, I thought he brought it and I thought one of his line mates wasn't very good and he dragged him kicking and screaming into, into this series. And so I, I think if you pay that man, it is fine. The issue is if you pay that man, I don't know where the better is coming from. I get you are hopefully getting $6 million of Sean Monaghan off of your books, whether it be mm-hmm. a, a trade or just an LTIR as he deals with every surgery under the sun. Yeah. But Kachuk is going to be expensive. Manjapani isn't going to be cheaper. And so I just, my concern is where, because the, the, we've discussed, there are other pieces that need to be added to this team. It's really difficult to do that when one of your guys is making $10 million. Yeah. It's uh, kind of handcuffs you, right? Yeah. You just, it's, it's, you know, we've, we've seen boat anchor contracts that uh, people or players sign after big deals or big years. And, and mm-hmm. uh, that can be costly to a team. It's, yeah. it's not, uh, not that they don't earn it or don't deserve it. I think for the regular season and, and, you know, maybe a little bit during this offseason, Gaudreau has definitely, uh, or postseason, I guess, has earned that uh, or earned the money he's going to get uh, in this offseason. And he's going to get it. Yep. He's going to get it somewhere, whether it's with Calgary or with someone else, he's going to get it. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting because, like, what, what is that number? Yeah, that number probably starts with the 10. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like eight by 10, probably. It, like, it I, makes I think the most sense. Yeah. And honestly, if you if you're another team, I could see a team that has the means going like 11 or 12. Honestly, like I I think that he could get that. And again, I think he deserves it. It it is just to me, you have to figure out as the Calgary Flames organization, how close do you think you are? Personally, this series loss to Edmonton has kind of recalibrated how far away I think they actually are. Again, it's great that they want a playoff series against the Dallas Stars team that are having similar conversations to these. And by the way, ask Dallas how difficult it is to build your team when you have a couple of guys making a whole lot of money and then all of a sudden they stop producing. But if if you think you are close and you just pay Johnny Gaudreau and you figure it out. But I I think that there are still a few things that are needed with this Flames team. And I get losing Gaudreau is a bit of a step back, but I just, I don't know where else the improvement is coming from with this team. If you are paying that man $10 million. Like it comes back to that whole handcuffing thing, right? Yeah. Like you spend 10 million there and then what are you left with to go fix everything else? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause they Who, need, they need another defenseman, right? Like that's, yeah. Oh yeah. I think abundantly clear. And apparently they need like more scoring, which I wasn't expecting from a team that almost led no. the league in goal differential this year. Yeah. But you, you're trying to tell me you. So isn't the answer. Oh, I want him to be, I, I do really, so badly. You have no idea. You have no idea. I interviewed him before the season on a, on another show, and uh, the like one of the nicest guys, greatest interviews ever too. Mm. Just chilling in his apartment in Calgary, and uh, he was great. But I just I, I want so much for him because he's such a good dude, and he wants to he wants to be here, but it just hasn't worked out uh, yeah. up to this point. Just as a side if, note about Valimaki, <laughs> if you wanted to, I guess like shake things up a little bit. And still keep Goudreau. And again, a, a lot of these things that we come, keep coming back to, I think Valimaki has the potential to be that answer on the blue line. Yeah. I don't know if Daryl believes it. And no. I think... And that's the hardest the an- man you got to convince. One of the answers to unlocking this series is... or to, Sorry, to I, I'm reading quotes while I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, one of the, <laughs> the things I think to unlocking a bit more potential from this offense is improving that fourth line. And yeah. I, I think like Lucic is going to stick around just based off of the contract. But... If that fourth line ends up being a Stockton Heat line, and you just have like a a Ruzichka, whoever, like Phillips, Patty Phillips, like whatever, I'm, 
love that guy too. I know. And, and so I, I think that there is, I think that there is skill and talent that you can bring up from the American hockey league that can kind of supplement what you are going to have to lose. If you give Johnny Gaudreau that contract, mm-hmm. it is just, again, a matter of if that dude is going to do it or if it's, Oh, well, let's just go out and get Richardson and Lewis again and just, figure well, that's it, out. it. It's a gamble. And, and there's always going to be players that, you know, you can go out and get for those 800,000 or $850,000 deals that'll play in your bottom six. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, like, do I want to see some younger guys graduate? Absolutely. Maddie Phillips had a historic season in Stockton this year. Like, probably, I think one of, if not the best seasons from anybody who played for the Stockton Heat. Yeah. Uh, in their existence, soon to be Calgary, maybe Heat, Airdrie Heat. Bring it, bring it out to Airdrie, please. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they like I'd love to see that. I think that that, that is a good uh, discussion point for for kind of backfilling what you're going to lose this one uh, coming in from Owen saying you spend 10 million on Goudreau, but then how do you, or do you attempt to bring guys like good Branson's door back? I would say probably not because they're going to go probably get more money somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the flames are going to be big money spending on uh, guys like Zadorov and good Branson, who by the way, made me eat crow this year more often than not. Yeah, I was a huge uh, basher of the signings when they happened, and they definitely didn't turn out to be uh, as bad as um, as bad as I expected them to be. Yeah, and I but, thought Zadorov stepped up in Game Five here too. Um, I do I, too. That, that was not uh, something I was anticipating, but no, I'm I was with you. And I the whole offseason was like, okay, we've loaded up on Daryl guys now. Can we get like some talented dudes in here? And then I thought they did that with Toffoli and with um, and with Yarncrock and that one, but. Uh, no, I, I think perfect world, Zadorov and Goodbranson exit, and you have Mackie and Valimaki who can kind of push your way in. But then again, you're just yeah. kind of staying where you were. Where, where does the improvement with this roster come from? And that's that that is where I I get concerned. If I were a betting man, and the the folks at Sports Interaction know that I am, um, I think Johnny Gaudreau stays. Personally, I, I think that the Flames get it done. I get the 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 whole talk. Oh well, he's from this different place. Look, John Tavares went to the place where he had the pajamas, and that's fantastic. Everyone forgets one of the reasons there was such a push for John Tavares is Steven Stamco. Everyone thought Stamkos was going to Toronto, right? He can't yeah. look if you win a, a Stanley Cup in Toronto, they'll build you a statue. Da, 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 da. Stamco stayed in Tampa Bay. More often than not. You don't the, the hometown guy doesn't go home. It's cute. It's fun. It's adorable when it happens. Ninety nine times out of one hundred, that's not the narrative that plays out. I think Johnny Gaudreau is staying in Calgary. That that is kind of my prediction. And it's just how can you manage the chess pieces around that? Which ones are you losing? There's no way Monahan's back. I don't think. But no. it's what else can you do now to make this team better? Yeah, it's going to take some uh, cap gymnastics, as they like to call it, and and yeah. really, uh, I think. I think it's uh, Snowy who takes a lot of care of that stuff for Calgary, and he's done a pretty good job. Or might might even be Brad Pascal. I can't remember, but either way, I think the Flames have a good uh, a good front office team to kind of juggle that and manage that. So um, I'm I'm confident, yeah, that he'll be back. I believe a guy when he says he likes the city, uh, yeah. and I believe a guy when he says he likes to be here and he wants to be here, which he's been on the record to say a few times. Yeah. So. I believe it. And I think the flames will do, uh, you know, I think Conroy said something about, along the lines of we will move uh, heaven and earth to, to ensure that Johnny Gaudreau remains on the Calgary flames. I believe yeah. that as well. Um, we will move heaven and earth in Monaghan to make sure that uh, Johnny Gaudreau stays a member of the Calgary flame. Uh, somebody Travis saying, mark my words. If you sign Gaudreau for more than nine, you will regret it very quickly. Um, look, a $10 million deal never ages well. It, it will never age well. You're probably looking to get a few, three or four, maybe five. But again, like a player like Gaudreau, like if if he follows a similar, like just talking about stature and size and, and skill and, and very, you know, close comparables-ish, uh, like Patrick Kane is still doing Patrick Kane things and and he's making all the money and he's, you know, not really slowing down. Um you hope to get probably like three or four good years out of that deal. What do you think? Like if you mm-hmm. give him a, an eight by 10 or a 10, 10 million. Yeah. Um, it just sounds weird. Cause it's a picture. Um, it is. Yes. But no, I, I think like 
he the thing with Johnny Gaudreau is that he thinks the game at a pretty high level too, right? And so even yep. as it starts to slow down for him, and also I don't know if you've noticed, guys just aren't slowing down, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not comparing the athleticism of LeBron James and Johnny Gaudreau, but like LeBron James is going into year a thousand and nine in the NBA, and he still looks great, like because these guys have such a focus on their sport in particular and their training and their everything um, guys are, are hanging around longer. So I, I don't think that that's necessarily a death sentence. If you sign Johnny Gaudreau for years, five through 10, also you don't yeah. care about those. Cause you'll figure it out. You hope a new TV deal and caps skyrocket right. like that's that, that is future. Whoever's problem. Um, so I, 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 I just, I don't think it's going to be as much of a regret. One question I have for you. Sure. Do you think Brad Treliving is going to be the one making that decision? You know, it's, it's interesting because the last couple of years I've been of the, uh, I've been of the opinion that Brad Treliving has quite literally been skating on thin ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes out and he brings in some Daryl guys who everybody poo-poos on at this before the season starts and they turn out to be all right, not yeah. terrible. Then he goes out and gets to Foley. He, he lands his big fish, a, a GM notorious for not going out and acquiring or making a big splash at the trade deadline, goes out and gets his piece before the trade deadline, uh, gets yarn croak who didn't end up doing much, uh, gets carpenter who didn't also do much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think, he's going to lose his job this summer. Uh, I think he will be the one that, that makes that uh, makes that happen. Um, I don't know. I, because up until this point, I probably like up until this season, I probably would have told you yes, but everything that kind of took place this year, kind of, I think restored a bit of faith in him. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? I, I agree. Um, But I know because on the one hand, I'm mean, like everything you just said is accurate, right? Like he got Coleman, he got to Foley, he brought in Yarncroft, he put together a team that won the Pacific Division comfortably. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, like Tanev, that that Tanev move is now like a fa- foundational move. So, say what you want about Marchum in these playoffs, but that was a big get as well. I think he has done a very good job of general managing. The issue is it's been a whole lot of not winning here. Right. And so that's, that is a bit of a concern. I don't think it is his fault. And I, I think he should stay. I just wonder about the, the Daryl connection there. Um, I just, I wonder, but I, I do think he is going to be the one who is, is going to be making that move. Um, Matthew Kachuk also needs a contract. Now his is different. Yeah. He's a, a restricted free agent. So he doesn't hold as many of the cards, but coming off of this playoff, that is a, I, I think a difficult contract to maneuver. Well, yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with that, especially when uh, that qualifying offer number mm-hmm. starts with a nine and ends with six zeros. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. That one, I have no idea how it's going to go. The Kachucks play hard ball when they get into contract negotiations. We just saw it with Brady in Ottawa. Uh, we've witnessed it before in Calgary with Matthew. Yeah. And they're not easy people to negotiate with. So I know that Matthew's going to go in there expecting what he wants, and he's probably going to play hardball until he gets it or pretty damn close to it. So I think that's going to be the storyline to follow just as closely as the whole Gaudreau thing too, just because, you know, it could change the dynamic of this team as well. And I think, would you, would you think that maybe one relies on the other as well? Like, if, if Gaudreau comes back, it makes it easier for Kachuk or vice versa. Um, I, like, I think if Kachuk, if Gaudreau leaves, then I think that opens up a bit more money for Kachuk. Um, so I wonder if there's a bit of a, a tying in there. But yeah, like I, man, I, the, this is one I need to do a lot of thinking on because yeah. I don't think there is a player on the Flames who my opinion of them changed more during these playoffs than Matthew Kachuk because th- this is supposed to be his time of year, right? Like he is someone who can play physical and can still score in those types of situations. And he just lost his ever loving mind with one exception. Um, and it was an exceptional game, but yeah. like he just, he lost it. And so before I was sign this guy for as long as you can put a C on his Jersey and just kick him out there. Now yeah. I, I just, I, 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 I don't know. You don't let him, I'm not saying drive him to the airport and let him go for free. No, but I'm not, 
I'm not just throwing the, my money at Matthew Kachuk in the same way I was before. I'm just not right now. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, and it's crazy. We talked about it earlier, just how much of an impact a playoff series can have on that and, and how it can change your mind. Because I was right there with you too. I was ready mm-hmm. to back up the Brinks van and or truck or whatever the hell those guys drive. I don't get too close to those things. They scare me. But um, yeah, and and then yeah, slap a letter, slap the C on his chest. This is his team. Uh, ride it out. But now it's like I'm not having second like thoughts or 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 I'm not like saying that it shouldn't happen. But I'm definitely reevaluating what that number is and. I don't know. This this is an interesting comment or funny one, I guess, kind of coming from Owen. Uh, Matthew signs a six year to hit UFA at the same time as Brady, and they both take off to St. Louis. <laughs> uh, and I know Owen's a Sens fan, so that one hurts him just as much as it would hurt anybody in the Calgary organization. So, um, first of all, sorry to hear that you're a Sens fan, and secondly, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about the whole St. Louis narrative. God, if that happened, I do not look forward to having to hear about that for the next six years. Like, it's, right. it's bad enough that it's like, look, bro, Monaghan played his junior hockey in Ottawa. Trade Monaghan in a second for Brady Kachuk. Who says no? It's like, <laughs> fucking Ottawa does. Everybody, um, yeah, not named uh, the Flames. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, if, the, that would that, that would cause me great pain if, if that ended up happening. Um, I don't want to cut, like, because th- I think this is a really interesting off season for the flames. I don't want to cut it super short, but mm-hmm. I'm quite frankly, I am exhausted. Emotionally, oh, I'm with you. Yep. I'm uh, with mentally you. after that one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think like, obviously we covered the two biggest ones. Um, after that, like if the flames lock up $18 million in those two guys, me thinks they're not going to be in the Malkin sweepstakes. So, no. uh, it, it, uh, a whole lot of this off season for the flames is going to be dictated around a, can we graduate some of these kids from the, the Stockton heat? Or the Calgary Heat, or the Airdrie Heat, or the, the Cochrane Airdrie Heat. I'm I'm um, I'm vouching for Airdrie Heat for obvious reasons. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um. So if it, can we get someone from the, the city to be determined? Heat. Can we get them up here? Because I think if you put the twelve best forwards for the Flames out there, some of those guys are on it, and yeah. I think it's quite a few. And so I, I would like to see that. And then it's figuring out Kachuk. Goudreau, and then to a certain extent, Manjapani, and who is going to be able to to sign all of these. Um, this has been an amazing run here yeah. with um, with Game Over, and so because of that, we don't want it to end, so we're not going to have it end. Um, we are going to have some coverage of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we are still working out exactly what that means, but Game Over is not going away. We will be back with you in some way, shape, or form. If nothing else, um, because we have to prove that the game over curse doesn't exist and like you can't curse both teams. So unless yeah, the trophy exactly. falls apart, we'll, we'll establish once and for all that there is no game over curse. Uh, but no, it, uh, truthfully, this has been it, it, it was a shorter run than I thought. But this yep. has been um, th- this last month has been just exceptional to, to be able to talk with all of you guys. The positivity has been phenomenal. And um, I just I am so excited to be a part of this and I'm so excited that we're not done and really looking forward to maybe not having as much of an emotional investment in some of these games that we get might be so much better for us. Yeah, just healthier. Yeah. But uh, yes, I won't have to consult a cardiologist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Game Over Stanley Cup is uh, going to be coming to you. Maybe something a little bit before that. Um, but we, d- we don't have the official details on any of that stuff just yet. Um, and Audi needs a couple of days to just emotionally get over. It's, uh, it's I'm, that I'm TikTok fine. sound. Emotional damage. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yes. that's how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, that's that, that, that is absolutely it. But once again, I, I cannot thank everyone enough for First of all, um, the, the Game Over family and uh, SDPN in general, we've been welcomed with open arms and that was very important to me. And to, to have the positivity and the support of just everyone kind of pushing together, whether it's the, the, the viewers and anyone who's listening on podcasts later, uh, whether it's Audi, Andrew, who is staying up at half past forever <laughs> to make sure that these get on without a hitch. Uh, everyone has been amazing. I can't thank everyone enough. And I'm so excited to see where this goes. Oh, you and me both. And if you had told me uh, two months ago that I'd be working with Calgary sports radio legend, Peter Klein, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, so yeah, that's, this has been a hell of a ride. Uh, as Andrew says, we ain't fucking leaving. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will, uh, we will be around for sure. Uh, and again, thank you to all of our mods to Robert putting yes. in all the extra time and mm-hmm. uh, all the other, all the other blue wrenches we have in the, in the chat. Um, this has been fun and I'm looking forward to continuing this and, 
hopefully in the next season. I think that's kind of the plan too. Um, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hell of a ride here over at uh, Game Over Calgary. And we're glad everybody was along in our uh, in our flagship or uh, however you want to call it. Our maiden journey is what yes. you uh, what you what you called it uh, uh, to start uh, the the show in our first episode. So it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, also, you calling me a legend means that the phrase "legend" died the same day the flame <laughs> season did. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, of course. But yes. Um, Audie, where can people find you on social media, sir? Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Audie James. And I just a quick shout out. I read a chat earlier. I'm not sure if he's still here. Eric Ward. Uh, thank you for, uh, for stopping by former, uh, drum heller dragon. Uh, I miss you mm. too, buddy, but yes, uh, find me on Twitter at Audie James and on Instagram at Audie James underscore. Uh, I am at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash PK. I have another podcast. It's called Couch Potato Diary. It's about sports and I talk about people punching. Listen to it too, because that's so. where I get all my fantasy football advice. <laughs> oh, well, I'm very sorry then. Um, but yeah, had some good draft talk with uh, Tony Ferrari uh, yesterday. So uh, check that out there. But yeah, we're going to be back here on Game Over. It's going to be, I, I think, a few people involved in this. I don't want to volunteer anyone. I'll be here for at least some of it. And hopefully you will too. This has been a whole lot of fun. And like we said, we're just getting started.